The sing-along podcast would not be possible without the amazing people at Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to record a podcast. First of all, it's free. No hidden fees, nothing. It's completely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Or you can upload an already recorded episode directly to the app or the website. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. You can even monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So if you've ever had an idea for a podcast but you just didn't know where to get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Hello music lovers, songwriters, this is Casey from Second Echo and welcome to the Sing Along Podcast. I'm joined today by fellow uh, singer-songwriter, used to be fellow local Las Vegas singer-songwriter, but recently moved Mr. Michael Lewis Austin. How you doing, Michael? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, my pleasure. And uh, I was trying to remember the other day. Uh, how we met. There's been so many times I will be on Facebook and I'll start friending people that are musicians or they'll be doing events and then I'll go and do a gig and they'll be on before after me and I'll be like oh we should find each other on Facebook and then I'm already friends with them and I have yeah. never met them face to face. I kind of feel like maybe that was part of how we met. I can't really remember. You know I think it was um, I feel like I met you uh, at some open mic somewhere and, and, or maybe it was, maybe it was in Boulder city. I know, I know it was a venue here and I know I heard you sing and I was like, wow, this guy's awesome. Oh. <laughs> and, um, I think I was even going to be in your band at one point, but I yeah, just I was going to mention I, at one point you were like, Hey man, I want to come. And, uh, I, I heard you need a guitarist. I want to come and play. And then like three weeks later, you're like, Oh, never mind. I got, I need to work on my own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I totally get it. I yeah. totally understand. Yeah. Well, and then we did so many events with house of R yeah. a lot of those singer songwriter nights. And then, um, you know, got to know you more and got to hear more of your music. And then, I heard this song that we're going to listen to first, Radio. Tell me a little bit about the impetus behind it. Tell me a little bit about what brought this about. Okay. Well, at the time I was, uh, I was going to music college and basically, you know, I kept in music school, like I'm sure like with other types of schools, you, you get to network and meet different people. And there were so many people that were like, oh my God, you know, you're, I really like your stuff you know, you should come to this party or you should do this thing. You yeah. should meet this person. And I felt like it was sort of like a 50, 50, like 50% of the time, the individuals that I was talking to were actually like legitimate. And like one guy kept showing up at a restaurant I worked at and he's yeah. like, Oh man, you, you know, I really like your stuff. You need to come down to the studio. And I ended up going to like a, this a studio in Minneapolis and it, he was, 
telling the truth. Right. It was like, yeah. you know, it was like, it was a legitimate studio. There was a producer there. He was producing a country artist. One of my, um, uh, substitute guitar teachers at my school was there laying down a solo for it. Okay. You know, yeah. and, and they asked me if I wanted to try to take a solo and I felt like it was like, like kind of like not a good thing to do to <laughs> sure. like, you know, all of a sudden slide in and take one of your guitar professor's jobs. So, so I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know? And like, you know, and, uh, but then like the other 50% of the time, you know, it was like, I'd show up to something and it wasn't what it was or, someone's like, Oh, I want to have you talk to so-and-so and, 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 you know, they'll get you this meeting with this person and then it just would fall through. Oh yeah. Wouldn't happen. Yeah. That, (laughs) yeah. I, I completely understand because I've gotten to a point where I'm almost cynical when somebody says, Oh, I've got this great opportunity for you. Or I know somebody and I'm like, there's a 12% 12% chance that this thing that you're saying might actually happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and there was even like a thing where like, you know, there was some, I can't even remember what it was called, but there was some guy in Minneapolis and he had kind of like, um, sort of like a musician's collective. And, um, and you know, I didn't, I didn't really get it or understand what they were doing at yeah. first. And, you know, it was all these like promises. They yeah. just felt like too good to be too promises yeah yeah and you know it's like and and it was like the guy was like making like all this money off of these musicians yes and 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 i didn't really feel like we were getting anything in exchange right and 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 everybody that was going to the shows were just all the musicians and i'm like yeah well if there's a way where all the musicians in the world can band together and support (laughs) each other yeah sure we'd all of a sudden be able to pay our bills (laughs) yeah Yeah, sure (laughs) yes yeah so. so that's such a great that's such a great story Start for this song, and so let's. I, what I want to do is let's listen to it, okay. and then we'll come back because there's uh, several things I want to drill down on in this song and several lines and lyrics. So, right now, let's uh, take a listen to Michael Lewis Austin and the title track from his latest album. This song is called Radio. Chase the station after me. How can I play for you if you won't let me begin? Something's wrong with your radio. It won't play my songs. You must not like the frequency that I've been giving off. Should be automatic But your presets seem to change Excuses care static Every time we make plans You write me a check for the rain Something's wrong with your radio It won't play my songs You must not like the to help me land somewhere if you're too high to come down while you recline into those maybes and some days I'll be floating here I'll 
I'll be wondering Are you wasting my time? It's nearly impossible to track you down. Tell me that you listen That you turn me up But I think you've already turned me down Something's wrong with your radio It won't play my songs You must not like the frequency That I've been giving off, giving off Giving, giving off Something's wrong with the station tune me in what's with the flirtation how can i play for you if you won't let me begin going back to uh the theme song for this podcast sing-along the opening line uh of the song and of the podcast if i were to write another melody would you ever sing along (laughs) and there's this idea that you have this desire as an artist not just to create part of you wishes and hopes that that would be enough, but there is this element of you want your music to be heard by people. And when, and if it's not, there's something that you feel like you're not fulfilling or you're not, you you know what what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, I would be lying if I say I just do, I write songs for myself, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, I want to share with people. It's, it's an art form. It's an expression. They call it an expression for a reason. It's supposed to express things. And, um, I think with, with, uh, with that lyric in particular, um, you know, that's kind of like what I was talking about earlier. It's like, it's almost like, it's almost like, like somebody's like, kind of like, like, um, flirting with you. Yeah. But with no intention to actually right. like, you know, <laughs> yes. get, you know, like, like call you back or something like that. Right. And, and I kind of even had this thing where, you know, there's a little bit of a, of a dual thing going on there where, um, uh, there, there was a, a lady that w- w- that I was romantically kind of maybe sort of interested in the time yeah who was also like trying to like get me like music industry type of like sure. connections. Sure. And and uh, who knows, maybe I was only interested in her because like the way she was doing it was very flirty. <laughs> sure. You know what yeah. I mean? And great. so that's a great metaphor, you know, <laughs> so it's like, so there's a little bit of like a crossover where it's like, you know, Hey, you're kind of like, um, you know, 
you're kind of like this person that I'm interested in right. who's like flirting with me, but that's all it ever goes. But right. your flirting is so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so hard to it's resist. so good yeah, that, yeah. that you're just like, where is this person? Yeah. Maybe the next time they flirt with me, it'll actually happen. You know? So I kind of felt like that was kind of like how, you know, the, the music industry was, you know? Yeah. So, well, and this, the song speaks to, one of the feelings that I have about people in general, about music fans, I, I really feel like there's a hesitancy and a reluctance to open up to uh, new music and new artists and new ideas. They kind of fall back on those same standards, those same traditional songs and artists that they go and request and listen to every time. Right. And it's like, as, as a new you know, emerging artist, you want people to be, willing to take some risk and say, Hey, let's, let's try out some new music. Let's, let's, let's experiment and, and listen to these new artists because yeah, it's not this, you know, comfortable old blanket that I used to have or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, I think what you, what we might be competing a little bit with is like, like the sense of like familiarity. I mean, I, I'm guilty of that to a certain degree where it's like, you know, it's like, I, I'll go, Oh, what do I want to listen today? But then I kind of caught myself, um, a while ago because I'm like, well, how am I going to, um, I guess you could say, um, kind of like ride the threshold of like contemporary, uh, familiarity yeah. and, um, maybe like a little bit of something into the future. You know, it's like, I totally. have to listen to it all. Yeah. And I have to soak yeah. it in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so as you've talked about the song and some of the inspiration, it, it's really funny because I went back and forth as I listened to it from thinking, okay, is he talking about the music industry? Because as, as musicians and songwriters, you know, that we're never, it's never too hard for us to go, oh, the stupid music industry. It's sure. so, you know, like and complain yeah. and be like, oh, it's so hard. It's so, but then as you were talking, I, part of me was like, wait, it, I think he might actually be talking about like friends and people who keep saying, it's, yeah, it's your music's great. Above. And then they yeah. do nothing, but it's all the above. Yeah, and that's great above. because yeah. I, as in the song, I kept going back and forth going, oh wait, is this, which is it? And so it's, yeah, it's yeah, kind of both. Yeah, yeah. it's both. It, it's, you know, I think it's, there's always going to be a challenge. Um, you know, I, I've done a lot of research I guess on this <laughs> sure. and, uh, you know, whatever I'm, research. There yeah. Is. I'm always yeah. trying to figure out why, you know, but, um, <laughs> I think what it is, is, um, as an artist, you have to be able to, um, develop sort of like a, a, a sense of community. Yes. Um, you, there's guys out there that talk about like, you know, Oh, you just need 1000 super fans <laughs> and, you know, and like, well, what if one of those fans has, five artists that he's a super fan right. of and he's buying everything of those five artists. Right. You got to make a good living. You do. You know, yes. you got to like have some yeah. money and, yeah. and so, so like, how are you, there's so many people because of technology and everything today that can get their music on a digital platform. How do you make it stand out? And I, right. and I, and I think when I think about the song radio, I think about like, you kind of have to, you have to be very, smart um but at the same time remain genuine yes and you have to find people that um not only like your music but 
somehow are able, you're able to allow them to get to know you and they like you. Yeah. It's kind of like a whole package. And, and there, you kind of have to have like certain boxes checked. And yeah. I, th I think even like, kind of like, you know, I wrote the song a while ago, but, but like looking back at it, it's like, I didn't even know what boxes I needed checked at sure, the time. Sure. You know? Well, and I think some of it comes back to finding fans that have the same sensibilities as you. That's right. the, kind of the word that comes to my, to my head is they look at music almost if not the same way, similarly to you so that no matter what you're doing, they share those same sensibilities and go on that journey with you as an artist. Yeah, I agree. And, and there, and there's also like, there's a prioritization or an importance. Like you can tell the difference between somebody, like I was telling you earlier before the, the, the interview that, you know, I've got local art on my walls in my yeah. music room, Yeah, you know, and yeah. I've, and I've got it placed behind me so that someday when I'm doing YouTube videos for like music or whatever, these guys get their attention. They yes. don't even know me, but yeah. like, I'm that kind of person where it's like, I want to support original art. I want to support yes. original music. Yeah. And, um, I think there's a lot of people out there. You just got to find them. You do. Even yeah. in the music industry. Even in which yeah. sounds weird to say. <laughs> that does sound very weird to say. <laughs> You're like, why would somebody be in the music industry if they didn't support art or music genuinely? <laughs> I don't know. Because maybe they could make money or maybe, something. Yeah, maybe because they're know, making but... a killing. I don't know. <laughs> so the next line in this song is obviously the chorus. That's what drew, uh, drew me to the song. It's such a strong hook. Something's wrong with the radio it won't play my songs stupid radio won't play my songs you must not like the frequency i've been given off this score this chorus speaks so much to my soul as a songwriter because no matter how many times someone tells me man your stuff is so good you, you know keep doing what you're doing you know it's you, you got something special and I, I mean i'm not talking about it's my mom telling me that i mean i'm yeah. talking like people of uh in positions of influence and power they're like yeah this is good like, keep going um and then you just can't gain traction nothing yeah. happens and so then you're like okay what's wrong with me then yeah that i can't you know, make, get this rolling, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've experienced some of that as well. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, interesting thing about that is, um, you know, I've had this experience where I'm a pretty humble guy. Like, sure. Like I don't walk around, you know, with like my, my chest puffed out and, right, yeah. and I'm like, you know, like I'm the best songwriter in all the land. Like yeah. I don't, I don't do that. Right. Sure. I'm not that guy. And I don't even think that. Um, but, uh, what I have experienced is, you know, I played so many shows, right. Um, thousands of shows over the years and and um you know it's like i have this like common thing that happens where at least once every like 20 shows or so on average i'll get somebody that'll come up to me and be like oh my god yeah and like where you know like why are they'll say something like why are you famous why are you on american <laughs> idol why aren't you on this tv yes. show why aren't you blah blah yeah. blah right and, and they're all like good questions that, that, um, whether, whether it's like 100% sincere or they're, they're just being nice, it usually feels sincere. Right. Um, you know, it, you, after like the 100th time that that happens, yeah. you, you just naturally go, wow, people like my stuff. Right. You yeah. know, and people connect with it. Why yeah. aren't I on the radio? Right. <laughs> yes. you know, what's yeah. wrong with the freaking radio? Right. You know? Yeah. So the next the next line that really stood out to me, I'm, I'm always intrigued by lines that I hear in songs 
And I don't know how else to describe them other than they're just true <laughs> in a world where yeah. in a world where it's hard to nail down what truth is. There are certain lines that you hear. You're just like, Oh yeah, that's, that's undisputed. That's gotta be right. true. You know? Right. And so, uh, there's a line in the second verse excuses carry static. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that because it's like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, excuses are like, everybody's got one and yeah. they all stink. It's like that yeah, same yeah, thing, yeah. like excuses, they only hinder, they only confuse, they never help. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's just true. And then right after that, I love the way that you turn this phrase. Every time we make plans, you write me a check for the rain. And I, I love these old tropey sayings yeah. that you, that you re animate in a right. new way and you yeah. do it in such a way that it kind of blindsides you as a listener and you're like, Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. I get oh, right, it. Right, yeah. right. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, because like rain check, right? Um, right, totally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, excuses, we all have them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not going to like preach like, you know, like <laughs> excuses are bad. You can't have any. Um, but, um, you know, that's what you, that's what I feel like I, I, I get a lot. I got a lot of at the time when I wrote the song, you know, it was like, you know, whether it's from, you know how it goes, whether it's from like, other band members or, you know, you're, you're auditioning somebody and, you know, I want to be in your band. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, sorry, man. I, you know, I can't make it to practice again or whatever it is. Um, sure. You know, excuses do they, they create static in life and it's like, I'm trying to, you know, kind of like, you know, like, like I see this point in my future and I, 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 the road that I think I have to take it, you know, when, when there's, when you start involving other people, uh, in anything that you do and especially things that are important to you, you know, you're, you're hoping that like, okay, here's the path guys. And I promise you, if you stay on on the, on it with me, you know, you can go off from time to time, but if it's like constantly like a splintering effect, right. You know, because you've got like so much like random things happening. This drummer cancels, this guy's this, (laughs) this guy, you know, it just gets so messy. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. My girlfriend broke up with me. I can't do the next five shows. I'm depressed or whatever it is, you know, you know, or, or like people in the music industry, you know, uh, it's like, I, I just, I just want to find somebody or some people that are like, you know, like this is exactly what we're going to do for you. Yeah. This is how we're going to do it. And, um, and if you do this, this, and this, you know, they don't have to promise me like that, you know, like I'm not looking to be like something like huge, like some mega pop star, sure. you know, but if they can say, Hey Mike, here's how you're going to, you know, be able to maintain a decent cost of living yes. while sharing your original, you know, art with people. Right. And we can get you there yeah. or help you. Yeah. Like I'd be cool with that. Yeah. You know, I always say and then that. actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah. It's when like, I always say it like this, when we're talking about making a living wage for me, I mean, we're talking 20 grand a year. I mean, yeah. it's something so yeah. small. I mean, yeah. like I'm not talking about anywhere even close to six figures or something, yeah. you know, but yeah. as a, and as an artist, but that's hard as an artist, yeah. you know, to even get, break that threshold. Oh, I know. Yeah. 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 I'm not like, you know, talking about like, you know, driving Lamborghinis right, or anything totally. like that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think, I think like, you know, like I teach guitar lessons, you know, and when I'm doing it full time, I probably make anywhere between like 25 and 30 K a year, Sure. you know, and I, I enjoy it, but I would in 
as you would, I would enjoy it even more if like I could just like record music and jam and play out. Yeah. And and I was doing that and sure. I'd still give guitar lessons, but there'd be like maybe like 10 select people that I handpicked because they're little future, amazing musicians, you know, and and, prodigies. Yeah. yeah, And I can like bestow my knowledge upon them (laughs) and, you know, and, um, and I would be happy, you know, and I don't, I don't, I think, uh, and I think that even kind of leads into like, you know, you sometimes see these like, uh, these like social media posts, which I love where, you know, it's like, there's like a scenario set up where it's like, you know, like, uh, like almost like a screenplay where it's like, you know, a guy calls a musician and says, Hey, can you play at my wedding? <laughs> and the musician goes, okay, that, uh, how many hours, blah, blah, blah you know, he wants a full band. You're like, okay, that'll be $5,000. He's like $5,000. And he's like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, you know, I'll, 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 I'll lower the price. I'll do a three piece for $3,000. And there's, you go through this whole thing and then, and then, and then the guy's like, okay, well you could go to college for, you know, two to four years and spend 30 grand on mastering your instrument. And then you could spend another 10, 15 years, uh, whether it's like getting your heart broken or whatever it involves, <laughs> like the life experience, pouring passion yeah. into your music so that you don't sound like a hack, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, and then it's like, you're like, you're basically dude, I'm like worth like $500,000, <laughs> Sure, you know, and just time yeah. alone. And I'm yeah. only charging you $5,000 right. no, to play totally. four hours at your wedding. Yes. So give me a break. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Like, anyway. And that's, that is a really sad testimony to just the devalue, the devaluing of music and our culture, which is yeah. so heartbreaking because there is value. And I think people, I, I always look at it this way. If, if it were gone, I think people would go, Oh, Wow. Yeah, like we need music and I'll yeah. pay whatever I need to get it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I and I hope I mean, you know, the whole like uh not not to take a like a downturn, but like the whole like pandemic shutdown thing. Yeah. You know, um I'm hoping that there will be like a resurgence of like Yeah. Hey, now that it's safe, we can all like get out and go see a live show. Yes. Yeah. And let's see what, you know, these like musicians are writing about because you know, I think the reason people like something from their past, like a song or a hit song in the first place is obviously, again, I like to use the check the box metaphor is it checks, checks certain boxes for them. Yeah. And it's, it's not just a song anymore. It's an experience. Yes. You know? Yeah. And so, so let's have some new experiences. Yes. You know, let's, 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 let's look into, you know, the present and the future and cause if if you start listening to new music and start discovering new music, you're going to find something you like yeah. and you're going to create new experiences. And, you know, that's I think that's awesome. I know just kind of like on a funny point is that like, you know, the first month that I wasn't working from from the shutdown, I like pretty much watched everything you could possibly watch on Netflix. <laughs> right. You know, and yeah. like my, my joke's been like I jumped over the Hulu watched everything on there even like tv shows for kids called like puppy party where there's just puppies running around and then all of a sudden you're like sitting there like one o'clock in the morning with the remote control and you're like what am i doing i'm a musician i should be writing (laughs) songs yeah you know and but i had to like go through probably what a lot of people go through like i 
there's a lot of really awesome things about like technology now. Yeah. But I also think with it comes like the possibility to be like overstimulated. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And so I totally went beyond the overstimulation yes. level or phase or yeah. whatever. And then I just started writing a lot of music. Yeah. I think I wrote like 20 songs Great. in like three or four months. Yeah. And I think a lot of artists are probably doing the same. Um, there was really nothing else for me to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and so I, so I just like sat in my, my music room yeah. or my kitchen and I just like let the recorder on my phone go and I just yeah. kept recording stuff and recording stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So, so, and I'm hoping that, you know, again, you know, it's like, I, I do hear from people they're like, man, I can't wait to go see live music yeah. again. And that brings me to the, the, the one other point I was going to bring up about what you said. I really believe that as things open back up, people are hungry to go back out and see live music. And that's one of the things that I am like clinging to and hoping for is as an artist is that uh, all those times that you would have people, oh, I got to come out and see you. And then they never would. I, yeah. or, or it would be hard <laughs> to get, a, get any kind of crowd sure. at your show. I, I think that's going to change. I really do. Cause I think people are hungry to get out and be engaged and to, and to get back to living, you know? Yeah. You know, I agree with that because I think there's an element of, um, like kind of like realizing like maybe like when you don't have that thing for a while, yeah. you know, Hey, maybe I took live music for granted. Yeah. You know, like all those times Casey or Mike asked me to come out yeah. to their show. I was like, well, wait, you know, I need to, you know, see another episode of blah, blah, blah. Right, yeah. You know, <laughs> my girlfriend and I want to Netflix and chill this evening or sure. whatever it is, you know? Sure. And, um, you know, it's like, like I, like we moved to Salt Lake city and, and, uh, you know, it's a little bit more open than Vegas. Um, but they're still not like fully having shows, sure. you know, yet. And, and, um, you know, so it's like, like there's a really cool acoustic guitar shop up there. Um, just called Acoustic Music Salt Lake City, and and the and the lady who's like super nice, her name's Meg. Uh, she's like, hey, when we open and everything's legit yeah. and, and cool and safe and healthy, she's like, I'm gonna have these like singer songwriter showcases start back up, and you know you're gonna play them. Yeah, you know, so awesome, man. So awesome. it's like, yeah. So and she even said too, it's like you know people miss it. Yes, you know. So yeah. and so I'm hoping. I can, I can use that as a reason yeah. to, um, I don't know if I want to use the word like coerce or, or whatever, <laughs> Manipulate. maybe a little strong. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, like, like, Hey, you had seven months to a year to listen to your favorite already listened to right. recorded music. Yes. How about you try something, something new, new, right? You yeah. know? So, yeah. So. so going along that, there was one other line that leads perfectly into this last line I want to touch on in this song. Uh, don't offer to help me. This is, I think I would oh. call it the bridge. Don't sure. offer to help me land somewhere. If you're too high to come down while you recline, tell me if I get this right. While you recline into those maybes and some days. Yeah, that's right. Well, you I love the imagery of reclining into <laughs> maybes and some days. It's like, it's this easy out. And it made me think of exactly what we're talking about pre pandemic. I would, you, any artist would put out a Facebook event and there would be 84 interested and five going, you yeah. know, or whatever. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and it was this, and it was so funny because it, 
the the interested or maybe it was the new no right <laughs> you know yeah, but yeah, yeah. you got to look interested and kind of virtuous yeah by clicking interested yeah and that made you look supportive even though ultimately it was a no yeah <laughs> so yeah it just made me think of that you know reclining into maybes it's really comfortable to go oh yeah i'll try to do that yeah maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll try to make it out and yeah. then like you you've mentioned this earlier you have no intention whatsoever yeah yeah, yeah um you know i think if you know, I'm getting a little deep and historical on you. Um, <laughs> Let's do it. So I feel I'm not like a historian or, or, or anything, but you know, like from what I've read and researched, you know, very often in history, uh, there there's been these like pockets where like whatever c- civilization or civilizations wherever were doing overall really well yeah. was when they concentrated on music and art. Sure. You know, and, and, and you would just see like all of a sudden, like the cities got bigger, they got more beautiful. Yeah. People got more philosophical, you know, um, you know, like golden ages and stuff like that. Right. You know, so. Sure. So I think though, how that happens is I don't think it's just because that there's artists and musicians that are all of a sudden like start doing really good stuff. Right. I think that's always happening. Yes. I think there's always an artist and musicians that. that are constantly yeah. doing good stuff. Right. Yep. I think what happens is the people in the society decide to make it important. Yes. Right. And it, and I don't think it's always easy. You know, I think what yeah. happens is you have this like ebb and flow or like some part of the world's doing well, and then they don't anymore and something happens and they kind of like, you know, get derailed, so to speak. And then somebody somewhere goes, well, maybe we need to concentrate on something like that's maybe more positive and beautiful, like <laughs> art and music. Right? right. And then they start to do it and they make it a priority. Yeah. And I'm sure there's even like internal group presser where it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, like back in the day during like the Renaissance, I'm sure somebody was like, well, you know, I just kind of want to hang out with my wife and kids and dry fish, you know, cause <laughs> they were like, whatever, you know? And then, and then their brother's like, Hey man, you know, if we don't go support, you know, Giuliano over here, you know, and well, and his little like quintet on the street corner, you're going to be drying fish for the rest of your life, That's you right. know, whatever, yeah. you know? And, and, and so it's like, I think what has to happen is like, there's all like, even here, like I, like we came down here. I love Boulder city. Yeah. Right. We just saw there was a new coffee shop. There's signs out the door. Thank you for supporting us yes. through everything. Yeah. We're your community, blah, blah. I love that stuff, yes. dude. I yeah. love community. I love people helping each out, other out. So, so, but musicians and artists are part of that community. Yes. And yes. you have to support them too. Sure. If the guy is a horrible musician and you don't like any of his songs, totally. Don't go see that person again. And you, you know, you are touching exactly on, this is a perfect segue into uh, at least once an episode, I try to touch on the purpose of why I do this. And it's really to give uh, artists like yourself a platform and to help you find an audience and to try to kind of spread that word. And it's really to help people understand that when you like Michael Austin's Facebook page or you stream him on Spotify, that's all good, but it's even better when you 
go download. Like if you're really into, yeah. if someone's really into your music, go download. Or if you have merch available, go online and get merch or go see you live because you want your fans to be engaged. And and just like when we were younger, there would be a band that we would hear on the radio and be like, they're good. I'm okay with just listening to them on the radio. Right. I, I don't think I'm going to go buy their album. They're okay. But then there are other ways like, I would be like, saving up my dollars and I, I can go get the next Pearl Jam album or whatever it yeah, was, you know? Right, and so, right. and we've lost that a little bit because of some of what you were talking about. Even during the pandemic, my wife and I, there were these venues that were so loyal to me as a musician, I would always play. And during the pandemic, both of us were like, they have to be here after this is all over. They cannot fold. And so we would try to go and at least once a week go, okay, we're going to go get a meal from there just to help support them. And I, and I, and I wish that people would look at musicians that same way. I love this person's music that I I at least once a month have to go see them live just to help support them so that they can continue this endeavor. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think what the question is, is like, if you just ask yourself this honest question, what if you woke up one day and there were no musicians? Yeah. No, no music. Like, like nobody creating new music. Yeah. Right. Like what would happen? You know, you don't have, you don't have people willing and brave enough to put down into a musical format what's actually happening in the yes. world. Yeah. You know, and it, it actually becomes a part of, of like getting emotional. It actually <laughs> becomes like a, thanks Casey. Um, I'm, I'm actually, it's actually a part of musical history. Yeah. Like being created. And, yeah. and every time you go out, you become a part of musical history. You are doing so much for not just the, the performer, for the venue, for the other people there, and you, you could actually, what could be really cool is because you would be a liar if you say you wouldn't do this or <laughs> that you hadn't done this, is when you see an artist at a little hole-in-the-wall bar yeah, yeah. and they're amazing yeah. and you're like, that guy or that girl was amazing. And then two years later or three or four years later, that person is huge. Sure. Like they end up being like the singer in Coldplay yeah, or yeah. like I remember when I saw Pearl Jam before they were Pearl I Jam, saw them back, yeah, you know, totally, and yeah. you know, and I, and I, you know, so, so it's like people, you love that. You're like, Oh, I was a part of history. Yes. I helped create that, yes. you know, and so, but that's the thing. You help create that. Sure, yes. you were one guy. You went out that Friday night. You decided not to stay home because you're a little bit tired, not to stay home because you watch Netflix. You went out and you supported an artist. I love that. I love that element of you're a part of that history. Yeah, that's you're such a part great way of that of history. And so why not like be, it's like be an active part of history, yes. not a passive part wow. of history. That's like, that's going to be my new mantra. Be, <laughs> be an active part of history. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Active, not passive, man. Like it's so funny how many times I will be doing this podcast and I feel like I have to, I should be paying the person I'm talking to because it's this personal therapy session. Uh, that's that fine. I'm, I'm, I'm actually getting it. a lot of out of it right <laughs> <Good>. now myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good. I have one other element from this song that I want to touch on. And, uh, before we jump to the next song and that is, I absolutely loved 
the banjo in the recording. Oh. And so I want to talk just a little bit about the production of this. Uh, did you have a lot of control over the production? Did you have somebody come in and help and produce, or did you kind of call all the shots with the production of your album? Um, actually, it was a really cool experience. I um, uh, Ken Osborne, who's the lead singer and banjo player of the All Together's, who I was a yeah. guitarist for for many years. Okay. Um, he was the main engineer on it. Um, and, and he, it was kind of like, um, it, it was kind of like one of those things where like he would, he, I would show up and he'd be like, Hey, what do you think of this? Okay. You know? And, and I go, I like it or I don't like it. Sure. And, um, and I asked him to put banjo on it because I had gotten a, gotten some feedback from the previous, uh, production of radio as a single. And a lot of people said, well, we really like it. We really like the acoustic version. Right. Okay. And so I was like, well, maybe I should make it more like an acoustic version of the sure. song. And um, so we looked at like, hey, let's put some banjo to it. And the, the interesting thing about the song is it's the verse, the way I play it, it's supposed to mimic a CD that's skipping. Interesting. Or, or a record that's skipping. Okay. Okay. You know? Yeah, I can see that. Because, you know, the, the lyrical content in radio, I felt like I was like having happened to me again right and, and again, again. <laughs> and again like a skipping record or cd right so like i even asked him to like can you come up with something that's kind of like a repetitive loop on the banjo which i thought he did really well he did yeah you know and yeah. but yeah it was like all him and me uh him and i uh uh you know like going back and forth with ideas and he would like throw things at me like hey you know like can you do a five-part bluegrass vocal harmony on this one song I'm like okay you know and you know and then he then he and i played him and i kind of went back and forth uh i played most of the bass on there oh, i had okay. some i i had some friends come in and play bass slide guitar um i had local artist original singer songer songwriter uh, Jesse Pino sing backup vocals okay. on yeah. Caroline and Boy Meets Girl. Um, I had another girl from Nashville named Emily uh, do some female backup vocals. So yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, very yeah. cool. So it was like I had, I definitely had a lot of input. Good, that's good. Well, and speaking of Caroline, that was actually the next song I wanted to touch on. Uh, it has some great elements of production as well. I absolutely love the thing that you do going from the verse regular time in the verse to cut time in the chorus. Oh, That's yeah. such a great, I love when songs do that. It's, it slows down, but somehow gets more powerful. Yeah. It's so weird that the effect that that has. Yeah, and yeah, I love yeah. that. I love when people do that. So uh, let's listen to it and then we'll come back and talk about it. Uh, here's another track from Michael's radio album. This is Michael Lewis Austin with Caroline. Roll the started and had to leave their dreams behind is one more charm for the easily departed is one more ray for you to shine Caroline was it the motion that left me standing still between your lines everyone around here can relate to this and those related stop with signs 
someone yet to find strange as it seems i heard your name in dreams this pattern has its own design caroline this is such a beautiful refrain and it's so mysterious that i don't know that i fully understand what you're saying but it somehow still resonated with me so much and i love when songs do that where there's something about the musicality of it or it's almost spiritual or visceral or something that you can't describe but you connect with it and so that i that's why i was so intrigued to talk with you about the song and find out the inspiration behind it talk to me a little bit about caroline um thank you by the way yeah. uh <laughs> so um caroline was kind of like it was, it's one of those songs that like evolved where you didn't know what you were doing at the very start. You yes. Know? Yeah. And it actually started off with like a chord progression and the word Caroline was stuck in my head. Right. Okay. 
And, uh, and then I just kind of started writing, uh, I kind of like went with the actual idea of, I don't know who I'm writing about. Okay. You know? Yeah. And, and then it kind of turned into like, you know, what if, um, you could sort of like actively create in your future, like some woman that you would want to meet. Sure. You know, and, um, at the time, you know, like many musicians, I was going through, uh, you know, relationship type turmoil and, uh, you know, I was young, I think it was like twenties, you know, and, um, and I, maybe later, probably later. Um, but, uh, I remember like I was, um, I was going through a divorce and, you know, I finished writing this song and, uh, I started performing it and, and I was getting good responses at yeah. like local open mics and venues and stuff. So I was playing it a lot. And, uh, and then this thing happened where, uh, um, the woman who I, uh, I had divorced at the time, uh, had made this comment to me, like, I don't know if it was in a answering machine message or phone message or, okay. or, but I remember hearing it and it was something like, you know, uh, you know, well, I hope someday, you know, you have a happy life with Caroline. <laughs> and, and I thought, thought it was funny because like the person didn't even like exist in my life. You <laughs> but know? they knew the song. Yeah. Oh, and, that's so funny. And so they thought like wow. maybe like I was leaving them for Caroline. <laughs> and I didn't know anybody named Caroline at the time, like personally. <laughs> right. You know? Totally. Like, yeah. like, you know, and so I just thought it was like a funny thing. <laughs> and it was said with so much like upset passion. This fictional character you know? I hope you have. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so, but yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, and this is such a visual song for me because mm -hmm. the, the next line that I highlighted that really stood out to me and then the answers kept drumming percussive murders in my mind. You yep. can double check me. This, yeah, I think no, I right. got all these right. right. Uh, percussive murders in my mind, killing conclusions that I have often said, displaying uh, uh, founders that I've meant to, meant to find founders that I meant to find that percussive murders in my mind, kill, killing conclusions that I've often said, it's such a great line that conjures up so many great images. Tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind that. Um, well, one of the, the, one of the biggest themes about this song, I think lyrically is like patterns and that reoccur, reoccur and stuff like that. So, you know, usually, your average person, I'm going to say, like <laughs> when they see something maybe random, especially if there's certain things going on in their life, they start to go like, oh my God, is that like a sign that I'm supposed to do something? Yeah. You know, not like necessarily like, you know, like overly like, you know, metaphysical or anything, sure. but you know, it's like, like if, like, like I was saying earlier, like if some, you keep having somebody come at your shows and go like, why aren't you famous? Why aren't you on your radio? Well, sooner or later, like maybe it's a sign. Maybe I should look into getting on the radio because right. yeah. people keep saying it. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so one of the things I, that I was, I was thinking when I wrote that song was that, you know, like a, like a recurring repetitive drum beat. Yeah. Certain things are kind of like yeah. beat into your life like clockwork. Yeah. yeah like yeah, clockwork. Yep. Um, maybe it's like a, a viewpoint that somebody has, like, this is the way it's supposed to be. And because this happened now you need to do this. And that's not necessarily true, but because it's like 
repetitive and like on kind of a loop. Um, it like, like I'll be honest. So, so, you know, you're trying, you know, imagine yourself, you know, uh, you're in your early twenties and you're trying to be a musician and everybody Wait, I can't imagine. Hold yeah, on. Right, just imagine for a second, Casey, um, you know, that, that you have, um, you know, you, you, anything that you want to do, it could be like, you want to be a lawyer or you want to be this, that, right. But there's people in your life that are like, no, you can't do this. And often it's based off of their own life experience because maybe they tried something yes. yeah. and it didn't work yep. or they had some kind of a heartache or yeah. traumatic experience. And it possibly could be out of a, an effort to protect you from what sure. they went to. Sometimes it's not, sometimes yeah. it's jealousy, sometimes it's other things, right? Mm -hmm. But they keep trying to like beat the drum, so to speak, of yeah. this certain way of thinking. Yeah. You know, like, well, you won't have a good life if you try to do this. Your life will be hard if you try to do this, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But you're like, look, you're killing or murdering yes. my passion, yeah. my goal, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and, and so it's like you kind of get to a point where you're just like, and then like the whole like founders yet to find, I'm trying to figure out what foundation or what basic place you're coming from that you're telling me yeah. that I shouldn't be a musician, sure. that it's not worth it, sure. you know, that I need to do this, this, or this. And then on top of it, what ends up happening is let's say, you know, the alternative is just, I don't know, um, owning a restaurant yeah. or it could be joining the military or anything. Right. And maybe this person who wants to be a musician would have liked to join the military. Maybe sure. their plan was like, you know, I'm going to be in the army for five or six years, yeah. have an income, buy all my musical equipment, yeah. do things on a They've gradient. Got a plan. Yeah, yeah. And then by the yeah. time I'm 25, I'm good to go yes. and I can do blah, 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 blah. Right. Yep. Which would kind of be a smart business move. Sure. But when you've got people going, no, instead of doing this, you have yeah. to do this. All of a sudden you don't like that other thing. Yeah. It's not an option for you anymore. Yep. It's an opposition. Yes. You know, yeah. and yeah. that's kind of like what those lyrics are about. Yeah. Yeah. You that's know? great man. That's yeah. great. One of the other things that I noticed, not only about this song, but about several of your songs, there seems to be a strong element of the unknown or faith matters of faith. And I, and it, this is something that I've started asking almost all of my uh, podcast guests, because I'm always intrigued by this idea of when I come up with musical ideas when I write songs, I can't help but think for me personally that it's coming from outside of me. Like it doesn't feel like I'm producing this because I'm coming up with stuff that I've no idea how or where this came from, you right. know, and, and it's not controllable, you know, it's right. not something that you can tame almost. And so I can't help but feel like it's coming from outside of me. So I guess the question for you is in your life, in your experience, where does your inspiration come from? That's a good question. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I have several answers for you. Okay. Um, yeah. the first one I think is, uh, I think it's a, um, an extremely aware reaction to your environment. Okay. Um, that would be like the simple answer. Yeah. Um, as far as like the kind of like the more spiritual answer, I, I kind of like, I'm definitely a spiritual person. 
Um, I definitely believe there's something. Yeah. You know, I haven't, uh, I was raised Roman Catholic. Oh, interesting. But okay. I, I did get in trouble one time for writing a line from Rosemary's Baby on the chalkboard and had to <laughs> write a prayer out like 25 times and got a severe hand cramp at the age of eight. But, uh, you know, uh, interestingly enough, uh, I always wanted to be a musician, but I got more into it because there's a guy at my church who played guitar. Yeah. And there's a band and, you know, and that kind of got me interested. But like, as far as like writing goes, um, I think what it is, is like, I think, cause there's obviously, as you know, times where you're just like, you sit down with your guitar, your instrument. And it just goes whoosh. Yeah. And you're like, and sometimes those are the best songs. You're like, yes. oh my God, what happened? Right. Yeah. And you do feel like something took you over. Um, I think what it is, is I, is I think there's like, like if I was to like liken it or compare it to like wavelengths, right. Mm -hmm. Um, there's like, um, there's like a, like a really high, like, like very fine wavelength. Um, I would almost compare it if, if this makes sense to like a feeling of like grace, um, where, um, it's like aesthetics, right? It's like this like wavelength of beauty and it, 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 I mean, you could get it if you were like in a Swedish death metal band, you know, cause that's sure. how you express things. Sure. Like that's an emotion. I'm not talking about emotions. I'm talking about wavelengths. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, and some artists will call it like the zone. Like, oh my God, that guy yeah. was in, did you just see him the other night? He was in the zone. Yeah. And he's like not even in his body. He's just right. like, he's just like pure musical energy at that yeah. point. And um, I think what happens is um, you can you can get into that place. And, and sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's like stepping out of the shower and, yeah. and drying yeah. off. The next thing you know, you're in that wavelength and you're creating. Right. Sometimes you're, you know, you're the bathroom door to the shower is locked and you can't get in. You got to bang on it for two or three hours, <laughs> sure. yeah. you know, yeah. and, and then you can write your song. But I, you know, it's definitely, it, there, there's like a, there's a shift in my presence, um, you know, when I'm writing when I'm performing and, uh, it, it, it's like a, it's like a, like, like, a, it's even has like, I think degrees and levels within it. It's like, I've had shows where I've been like, felt like I've been so like, you know, in this wavelength or zone, you know, that, yeah. you know, the next thing I know the set's over. Right. I was aware of performing. I was aware of really getting into my yeah. music not worrying about hitting wrong notes. Right. Yeah. You know, not worrying about messing up. I was really connecting with the audience. Next thing the show's over. And then like, I'll hear people go like, Oh my God, like did you don't sing like that normally? What did you do differently? Blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know. I, I was kind of yeah. like in it, you know? Well, yeah. And then I don't know about you, but I've had those as well. And whenever that happens, like you said, the time kind of just flies by and then for me, I'm almost like, wait, did I really allow myself to soak this in? I almost go back and have some regrets where I'm like, this was amazing, but did I, did it just fly by and I didn't grasp it? Or I don't know if you've ever struggled with that, but I yeah, know for me. I, I mean, I think more of like, I, I like to compare it to like, there's times when like, 
you drive home from work and you're fully aware. And then there's times that all of a sudden you're like opening the front door to your house. And you're like, wait a minute. Did I just drive? Here? Yeah. No. I, you know? I, I, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? Totally. And, yeah. And it's not like you're in a bad mood or anything. You're just kind of like, oh, okay. That was weird. Yeah. I somehow transported myself mentally. Yes. You know, yeah. like from one place to the to other. Another, yeah. I want to shift gears just a little bit on this song because I caught a really strong Toad the Wet Sprocket vibe. On oh, this I love song. the Toad. I Do love you? them. Okay, because yeah. I, I I hesitated at first to mention it because I I hate it when somebody says something to me where they're like, "This song or your your music really reminds me of." A great example is so many people will be like, "You remind me of Incubus," and I'm like, "I hate Incubus. I never listen to Incubus," and so I'm always hesitant to like bring up bands where I, I don't, I think it sounds a lot like you would have probably listened to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, that leads me to my next question. What are some of the things, some of the bands, some of the artists that influenced you, but I had somebody ask it to me this way and I thought it was really intriguing. Give me some of the influences that really had an impact on you as you were coming up in music. But even before that, when you were a child, when you were riding around in your parents' vehicle, or you didn't really have a say in the oh, music you listened to, I have a great, give me some of those too. I have too. a great, great, you'll love this. Okay. So, so I was like, I have two really quick ones on that. Okay. Um, so I was about, I'm going to say two years old, two, maybe two and a half years old. I remember sitting like cross-legged, you know, on my mom's mom and dad's bed in their bedroom. It was springtime. The windows were open, you know, the curtains are blowing and she had an old pioneer record player. Yeah. And without, I was like looking through like a book. Like, I think she like sat me on the bed because I was like getting into something. Like I unraveled an entire roll of toilet paper. Or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and so she's like, Michael sit here, here's a cookie and here's like a, like whatever. And, um, and so I'm sitting on this massive bed and, and she puts on uh, a record and it, and you know, it starts the old like crackling and everything. Yes. And she's got like four speakers in the room, yeah. you know? And then all of a sudden Sergeant Pepper's only hearts club band starts playing. Wow. Right. Yeah. And, and I, and I remember this like so vividly because, um, I literally like, it was like in a good way, an explosion in my eardrums, right. You know? Yeah. And, and, I noticed, I listened to the whole album. She yeah. even came in and flipped it over. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even speak to her. I was just kind of like waiting, waiting patiently for her to flip the record. Wow. Right. Um, you were just attentive. Just yeah, sitting there. yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, what I noticed is I could hear the song is one song, but I could also individually hear all the different parts and tracks. Yeah. And I was able to like, kind of like focus in and out of them. Yeah. Kind of like a, like a, like an orchestral conductor would. Yeah. And, and I even remember sitting there and being like a two year old, you know, maybe I was three. I knew I could talk. Yeah. And, um, and just being kind of like, huh, that's interesting. Like I remember having felt like, can kids normally my age have this kind of like, <laughs> that's unbelievable. you know, like wow. record, you know, like realization wow. of like music. Yeah. So that was the first one. And, and then I just loved the Beatles from there. Yeah. And, and, um, and then years later I was like four, maybe five years old. And my parents had bought me this, um, little plastic, like American flag guitar okay. that actually had like real tuners yeah. on it and stuff. 
And my mom was washing dishes in the pantry. It was raining outside. And I was just sitting behind her on the floor, like trying to like tune it so that I could strum all the strings because I didn't know how to play it. Yeah. And it would yeah. sound good because yeah. I'm like, this doesn't sound good when I strum it, right? Sure. So I don't know. Let's say I strum, I tuned it to a G chord or something. For sure. <laughs> so then I just started taking the bottom E string and I just like came up with a little part and I memorized it and I played it over and over again for a really long time. And then I stopped and I forgot it. And then I figured it out again. I played it. Yeah. And I just remember my mom looking and she was like, kind of like weirded out. Like, uh, did you just write something on your guitar? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Do you like it? She's like, yeah. And then, so, so I kind of threw that in there because like, I was always like thinking musically. Yeah. Like when I would watch movies like star Wars, I yeah. wouldn't be just like, wow, Luke Skywalker's cool. I'd be like, I didn't know who the guy was at the time, but right. I was like, you know, I love the guy who came up with the music for this oh, movie, wow. Okay, you know? Wow. And so it was like pretty much everything from like, like Simon and Garfunkel, Beatles, Hendrix. Um, my dad was like a huge Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons okay. fan. Yeah. So, so my parents often listened to a lot of bands that were like from the sixties and the seventies that were popular, mm -hmm. but that were also like had a lot of vocal harmonies involved. Yeah. Um, and then I think the eighties happened MTV. I was glued to it. Right. You know? Um, and then, uh, I joined a band in high school and my drummer just started having me listen to like, I, I kind of embarrassed to admit this, but I hadn't listened to Led Zeppelin until I was 16 years old. Sure. And I heard uh, over the hills and far away and was just like, what? <laughs> what? You know, and, um, and I remember being like, who is this? And yeah. My band members were like, it's Led Zeppelin, dude. I was like, who are, who's he? <laughs> You're out of the I band. Think, I think that's what I said. Like, who's he? Like, it's a guy's name, you know? And they're like, it's not a guy, Mike. It's a band. And I was like, oh my God. And I went out and I bought all the kids. Or they had like a, they had like a box set of like yeah. all the Led Zeppelin songs. Yeah. And I bought it, saved up for it. That's funny. You know, and... And I was like so into them for the longest time and, you know, and then it just kind of like went from, you know, grunge came out, Pearl yeah. Jam, Nirvana, yeah. you know, and, and I, and then I became a guitar instructor and I just listened to everything, yeah, you know, so yeah. yeah. So when it comes to your writing process, a couple of quick points I wanted to touch on. What are you mostly whenever you're writing? Is it, are you a chord guy? Do you start with chords or start with a melody or lyrics or does, is it kind of all over the place depending on, on the song? I sometimes intentionally flip how I write songs. Interesting. Okay. I, would, I would say that 75% to maybe 85% of the time, I always start off with something on the acoustic guitar. That's like my main writing instrument. I play electric too, but yeah. I, I really like the ability to just like not have to dial anything in. You just yeah. pick it up like an old friend. It's, yeah. always, it's there. always there. It's yep. always the same, yep. you know? And, um, and so I always start off with kind of like playing through chord progressions. I do this thing where I take common chord shapes and I move them up and down the neck mm -hmm. to see if I can find I something. Same thing. Yeah. yeah I you know, same thing. and, Sometimes I do different tunings. Um, sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll do this thing where I'll, like I've got a little Boss RC-10R. It's like a songwriting loop station thing. Yeah. And uh, I'll just hit a chord and loop it with a drum beat. And then I'll just sing different melodies over it. Yeah. And then when I find a melody that I like, 
I'll then, you know, put a chord progression to it. Yeah. Um, I very rarely write lyrics first. I'm Um, the same way. I'm I'm, the exact same way. Yeah. They're kind of like the last thing. Yeah. Me too. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say it's the hardest thing for me to do because I do have a lot of lyrics that exist that I wrote first, but none of them have any music. To them. <laughs> That's interesting. That's There's interesting. not one song I wrote lyrically where it was like, um, all right, now I'm going to put some music to this. You yeah. know, it's like, it's always been like, I fit the words into the musical yeah. ideas. So I don't know about you. You said you've got words that don't have music to them. And I'm assuming you probably have some musical ideas that you haven't developed yet. If you're like me, I've, oh, got, for sure. I've got, you know, dozens of voice memos on my phone, oh, yeah. melodies and chord progressions. So what is it for you as a, as a songwriter that makes you want to work on an idea or makes an idea kind of rise to the top where you're like, Ooh, I got to develop this and really work on this one. Um, I would say there's two things, uh, either somebody, that I know who I value their opinion hears it and says, you need to work on that one. Yeah. Like I, like I recently wrote a song called long division. My, my wife Rhonda had been up in Salt Lake city, uh, doing, uh, her job up there. And then she came down for like a week to visit. And I was just going through like my recordings on my phone Yeah, and she just heard the music to it. And I looked over and she was like almost crying. And I was like, I was like, I didn't connect to what was happening. I was like, are you okay? Yeah. And she's like, that's so beautiful. Like, what is that? I was like, you know, I don't know. I recorded it two weeks ago. And then, (laughs) and then I decided to, um, you know, make that the next song I wrote. And it ended up being, uh, one of my better songs. The other thing I would say would be the, would just be like the, the whole aspect of, like, does it, does it move me? Does it give me goosebumps? Yes. You know, yeah. like they're like, I, when I wrote, when I wrote radio, I felt really good about it. When I, when I wrote Caroline, I felt really good about it. Um, I, I, I've written songs that I haven't felt really good about cause I'm like, Oh, you know, the band wants me to write another song or sure. I should write another song and then I'll play it live and it won't get a good response, right, yeah. you know? And so I'm heart, like, it's almost like your heart's not in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you like have this like realization, which is kind of silly. You're like, you're like, maybe I do know what a good song is, you know? <laughs> sure. And it's like, cause it, sure. cause it gave me goosebumps when I played it, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, so yeah. So th- it's either like, I have to be like, Oh, I really like this one. You know, cause I've written tons of songs and I play them and I'm like, ah, what was I thinking? Why did I yeah. put these lyrics this way? Right. Da, da, da. But you definitely have to have that emotional connection to it. Yeah. It's got to do something inside. Yeah. Of Otherwise I feel like, you know, if I was like to get up and continue to play something that I didn't feel good about or I didn't have a emotional connection with, how is it going to have an emotional connection with the audience? Not only that, but I, I would argue that the audience is going to know that. Yeah. They're gonna, they're you're not genuine. Yes. Yeah. You're like, what's yeah. this guy do? And he's yeah. just like slapping his fingers against yeah. these metal strings, yeah. you know, yeah. there's like no passion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as we wrap up here, I want to make sure and give people 
the plugs to where to find you because as we were talking about if people really connected with you and your music we want to give them all the places they can go find your music and you know as you're looking toward the future and releasing new music where people can find you so give everybody uh social media website where they can find your music and you okay uh well uh the easiest thing to know first is that uh my my full name is michael lewis austin it's the French spelling of Lewis. It's L O U I S, <laughs> not L E W I S. And uh, the reason I go by my full name is purely because uh, the the name Michael and the name Austin are like two of the most popular names sure. in the United <laughs> States. And there's actually a ton of musicians named Mike Austin, Mikey Austin, Michael Austin. Mikey Austin. And uh, yeah. And uh, and so when I when people would Google me, there's even somebody in Vegas who's like a country musician who I guess has been on like The Voice or American really? Idol named Michael Austin. So people like people be like, Oh, I hear you're playing at Gillies at Country Bar this weekend. I'm like, Nope, that's nope, not that's me. Not me. <laughs> you know, and uh, and so I had to use like, you know, yeah. my full name. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, those are the ones I'm most active on. I digital music wise, I'm on Amazon music, Apple music, Spotify. I believe I'm on Pandora. Um, I'm also on a, on a website called Bandcamp. Yeah. I also have my own website, uh, www.michaellewisaustin.com where you can download my music. Uh, you can buy my album. I have copies of CDs. Uh, there's a website called CD baby where you can even go to my website and order a vinyl record if you want. Wow. You got vinyl. That's well, awesome. They'll yeah. do it for you. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. like you, if you're willing to pay for it, they'll sure, make it. Sure. Um, so that's pretty much all I has. I have a YouTube channel that I'm starting to actively put videos up on, uh, for like my own original music and guitar lessons. Cause I am a guitar instructor. Yeah. Um, and I'm also writing a book on music theory for the songwriter, mm -hmm. uh, which hopefully will be done by next year. That's great. Um, it's, it's cool. Cause it's like everything from like cool chord voicings to little like non complicated music theory tips yeah. to, to like spice up your chord progressions. Yeah. You know, so yeah. That's great. Yeah. Man, that's great. So uh, for those of you listening, go out and I would really encourage you, uh, instead of going the route of YouTube and Spotify and Pandora, you can go check them out. But ultimately, man, go to his, I, a lot of the places I went to were your website, michaellewisaustin.com. You can download all the, all the music there. Right. Uh, iTunes, uh, Amazon, all those places. Go there. Uh, go buy vinyl, man. Go, yeah. Go yeah. buy merch. I'm, I'm thinking of getting one. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, and the other thing I, I forgot to mention was I am working on a new album. Um, I'm working with um, a gentleman named Thaddeus Kriya. He's, okay. He's Chick Kriya's son. Okay. You yeah. know, and uh, who unfortunately passed. Yeah. You know, uh, this week. Um, oh, this week I had yeah, heard that. Wow. Yeah, it was like on Tuesday. Um, and uh, so, so there's gonna be. We're thinking that we're gonna release something in the fall. Great. And what we're doing is we're doing three EPs. Okay. That are gonna be four songs each. Yeah. With maybe some like live tracks and stuff on that. That's so, great. That's so great. So instead of hitting everybody with like this big, massive, like gigantic album, it's gonna be like three EPs yeah. every like four or five months. That's great, man. Yeah. That's great. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being 
on the podcast. Uh, it's been an honor getting to know you over these last few years. I wish you nothing but luck uh, in the upcoming days and weeks and months. And ultimately, that I, I just hope that you can gain some traction and some footing in this insanely elusive profession that we've chosen. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sing Along podcast. And don't forget, if you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, just go to locals.com and join our second Echo Locals community to access lots of great bonus content and material. If you'd like to support this podcast, leave us a rating or review on iTunes, or you can tap the support link provided in the episode notes. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to hit that subscribe button at the top of the page and then share this podcast with other music lovers and songwriters. If you'd like to submit a song or another artist to be on an episode of this podcast, you can email me at Casey at singalongpodcast.com. Again, that's Casey, C-A-S-E-Y at singalongpodcast.com. And until next time, this is Casey from Second Echo saying, don't be afraid to write a new melody. And don't ever forget when you find one to sing along. <laughs>